give God a hand clap of praise. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Keep going. If you feel led, just keep going. You can't do that too much. You can't praise him enough. You can't worship him enough. I want to thank everyone that has supported our student group. I think they ought to do this once a month. What y'all think? At least once a month. I'm just throwing that in there. thank my pastor for giving us the opportunity to do this Uh, he's not able to be here tonight but I've said this before he's not only a pastor but he's a shepherd we got enough people in the world that want to go kill giants but they don't want to watch sheep and tonight he's being a shepherd and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. You can kill the downfield. Uh, Dylan, wherever you are, bro, you killed it this morning. It was great. You can be seated. I wonder who in here wants your student group to grow this year? I think I got more adults clapping on that one than I did students. Who in here wants your student group to grow this year? Who wants your church to grow? Now it's your turn, adults. Who wants your church to grow? But for those things, for those two things to first grow, first, you have to grow as an individual. As an individual, there's, there's been a phrase thrown around this church as I was growing up, and uh, the phrase goes like this, well, we're an old church. We can't do this, we can't do that because we're an old church. And to me, that kind of hurts my feelings because this is my church and I ain't old. And some of you don't want to be old, so that should hurt your feelings too a little bit. I mean, everybody gets offended over everything else. Come on, let that offend you a little bit. Like, I ain't old. This ain't an old church. Because we serve a living God. And because we serve a living God, we shouldn't label ourselves old, young. We are His church. His church. So don't ever stop progressing. Don't ever stop progressing. And because of that, because we are his church, we should never stay stuck on one page of our lives. There's more to come. Our God is alive. We should own the market on being different. There should be a new song in your heart, some new faith in your blood. And we have the right more than anyone to wake up in this world and realize we serve a living God. So if I don't like where I am, I got good news. You may not be able to change your situation, but you can change your spirit. 
And I refuse to get stuck when my eyes are on Jesus and I'm going to grow in this grace. Your student group and your church will only grow as big as you allow yourself to think. And you're like, well, I don't like all that preaching about the mind and all this psychology mess. My mind doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I think. Oh, really? Well, why when the enemy attacks you? Most of the time, the first thing he attacks is your mind. It matters how you think. And you have to change your perspective to grow. Nobody can do it for you. Your perspective has to change. I know most of us and most of you have come home from Youth Congress and you feel like you're maybe uh, armed and dangerous. You know, like somebody said, you can go in hell and shoot it with a water pistol. I hear that all the time. But you feel armed and dangerous. So tonight, after this weekend is over, I hope that you are not only armed and dangerous, but that you are aimed. It's one thing to be armed and dangerous, but it's another thing to be armed, aimed, and dangerous. What are you focusing on this year? What are you focusing on this year? John 9, 1 through 7, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi's disciples asked, why is this man blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus answered, it was was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of of the world. Then he did something nasty. He spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. And then he spread mud all over the man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. The Siloam means scent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. So he encounters Jesus. Jesus spits in the dirt makes mud, rubs it on his eyes, and sends him to a place that means sent. He went, he washed, and he came back seeing. Because he obeyed, he came back seeing. Helen Keller is a 20th century advocate, and she was an author of over 12 books, all of which were written while she was blind. Helen Keller is known for an amazing quote, and she said this, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. The eyes in our head give us sight, but the eyes in our heart give us vision. She may have not had sight in her eyes, but she had clarity in her heart, and that is what God wants to do to you and to me tonight. Give us clarity. You know, life's kind of like driving a car. If you don't have clarity, eventually you're going to crash. But God wants to help us see what we're supposed to do with our life. You don't want to live most of your life and then finally figure out what your purpose is. What your purpose. How frustrating would it be to climb the ladder of success, to only get to the top and realize you've leaned it against the wrong wall? 
Don't live your whole life and then decide you're going to find your purpose. But purpose, purpose, I think we get mixed up sometimes because people live their whole life trying to find their purpose. But see, I don't believe Jesus came for a reason, but I believe Jesus came for reasons. So I don't think every one of us just has one purpose. I think purpose is many things. So don't walk around seeking just one thing you got to do. There's so much you can do. My passion is what I like to do. My talent is what I'm able to do. But purpose is what I'm supposed to do. And God wants to help you see that, see what you're supposed to do. So let me pause before I get into this message, and I won't be long. I had, Dylan did that this morning, man. I had to go home and like cut mine in half. So whatever. But let me tell you that your presence on this planet is not an accident, youth. Even adults. I don't know what some of you adults have struggled with in your past. Maybe I wasn't even born yet. No offense. But... Your purpose on this planet is not an accident. It is not some cosmic coincidence. It is not an erotic accident. Your parents may have not planned you. Some of you in here, your parents may have not even wanted you, but you need to know that God strategically planned your existence on this earth. And if you don't believe it, you can read it for yourself. Jeremiah 1 and 5, he said, I knew you before I even formed you. He said, I formed you. I knew you were going to be tall. I knew you were going to be short. I knew your strengths. I knew your weaknesses. But I knew you because I formed you. Your parents made you, but I formed you. You didn't just happen to end up this way. You've been wired for the work that I have for you. You've been created for your calling. You've been created for your creator. There's a reason you are the way you are. And you may not be perfect, but you are perfect for what God wants you to do. So I want to call this message, Making Progress. If that's not good enough for you, you can call it How to Be Spirit-Led. Um, if that's not good enough, you can call it Work, 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 Work. I don't know what she says after that. I think she's speaking in tongues, but I'm not sure. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but I'm going to stick to that title. But if you're here tonight and you have told God that you can't do this on your own and you need his help, that you are a sinner and you need his grace, then you are doing better than you think you are. And God is doing more in your life than you think he is. As a matter of fact, you are making more progress than you can imagine. God loves you so much that he will take you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He'll change you. He'll make you new. Every day for the rest of your life, your goal is to get a little bit closer to Jesus, to know Jesus a little bit more. It may not happen overnight, but if you can wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, God, I belong to you. My life is yours. You're moving me forward. Then I'm making progress. In the scripture, Jesus is about to end his earthly ministry. And I'm just talking tonight to you guys. I, I like it on the floor. You know, that's what I'm used to, so. But he's about to end his earthly ministry. And he's about to go. So if you can imagine, if you're a disciple, you've been hanging out with the answer to everything in life. 
He's been solving problems. He's been doing miracles. And he tells you he's about to die. What would you do? You'd be very uncomfortable. But in John 14, he said this. All who love me will do what I say. My father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now why I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift of peace. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. I read this and it says progress to me. Jesus said, I'm going to go and you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you're not going to have it all together. But guess what? The advocate, the Holy Spirit is going to lift your head. He's going to put your hand, his hand on your back. And you're going to be making progress every single day. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's your helper. And tonight, if you haven't been filled with God's Spirit, that is by speaking in other tongues and being baptized in His name, then you can do that tonight. It's free, and He wants you to experience it. You can come to this altar. We're not going to spit on you. We're not going to shake you. We're just going to lead you to experience Jesus and what it is to be filled with His Spirit. Here's the thing, though. A lot of people don't like the word progress. They don't. We are, our culture hates it. We are the instant gratification generation. I want it right now. Especially younger people. Most don't want anything to do with a progress. Nothing with progress. We get frustrated when something doesn't download in five seconds. Like we start laying hands on our modem. You know, like, shh. Because we just want it right now. People don't want to sit through a movie anymore. They want to watch a three-minute summary of it. People don't want to read a book anymore. They want the headlines. And the problem is, all of your Christianity is not going to be in the valley, and it's not going to be on the mountaintop. It's this huge gap called life, real life, and being led by the Holy Spirit. So if you're not okay with progress and process, well, it's going to be a real short walk with Jesus. This whole world is running to a destination and they have no idea where they're going. They're just running. Just running. Some of y'all need to hear it tonight. You're making progress. Yeah, well, I still have this I fight with. I still have this I struggle with. So what? God loves you. And as long as you let him lead you, he's going to help you through it. He's going to get you over it. Anything beautiful in this life has a process to it. Healing has a process. Redemption has a process. Yeah, but I still got bitterness. It's okay. You're making progress. Forgiveness, yes, is a decision. But there's a process to it. Sometimes the devil will mess with you, though. Sometimes he'll even use Turk folk to mess with you. Like he'll send somebody around that tells you you should be further along than where you are, and that way you'll get frustrated. Like, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Says who? 
you shouldn't still be fighting that. Says who? As far as I know, I still serve an audience of one. And I still live for one. So you're not going to kill my process. Don't worry, you're making progress. You might not be able to see it. You might not be able to feel it, but you're making progress. You can write this down if you want to, if you need to take notes. Uh, if you don't want to take notes, fine. But when you get to heaven, they're going to check your notes. And uh, that's going to determine some other stuff. But your purpose will always be greater than your position. So don't get all crazy when God starts doing exactly what you're asking Him to do by leading you, and then your position starts to change. It's called being a Christian. Your purpose might not ever be reflected by your position, but if you know who called you and you know who has identified you and you know who claimed you, then you're okay with any position the world throws at you because I don't need a position to validate my life. I don't need them to tell me I'm somebody. God already did. My purpose is better than my position. But some people get caught up in this and, and don't get caught in this moment um, where you start asking God to deliver you from your prayer request. Like, we will ask God to do stuff because it sounds so good in church. You know, like, you respond to an altar call because the presence of God is so strong and all your boys are there and y'all are just all crying and weeping and you're just like, I make all these promises to God and you leave and you go out on Monday and you're like, that was a horrible mistake. I shouldn't have made all those promises at the altar. We sing, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon your waters. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We, ha- we hadn't sang oceans here, have we? Oh, okay. Okay. Some people think God can't move unless you sing oceans. But we will sing that. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. And, and then God does it. And then a month later, God, I, I, feel, I feel shaky. I feel so unstable. I, I need some, some assistance here. Or, or I want to be used. God, use me. Or like, Pastor, use me. I want to be used. And, and three months later, you don't see them at church. And well, where you went? Well, I just felt so used. Or, I, I wanna, God, I want to be a bridge. I want to be a bridge. And see them. A while later, and well, I, I left because I just felt like everybody was walking across me. God, I want to be a light in my world. And then, God, it's dark. I'm lonely. Why are you putting me here? What happened was you got it mixed up. See, God answered your prayer, but the position he led you to was different than you expected. So now your purpose got shaky because you were worried about your position. Can you imagine a generation of students that pray and believe and follow and pray and believe and follow and pray and believe and follow? What would happen? 
I don't care if it looks right. I don't care if it doesn't feel good. I'm going to do what God sent me to do. Well, you're just a high school. You're just a high school student. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. You might think I'm a high school student, but I'm going to change my campus. Well, you work at Sonic. So what? I'm a car hop revivalist. Whatever you want to call it. I don't care what my position is. They can do nothing to your purpose. They can change the laws, but they can do nothing to your purpose. But there's a flip side to this. Got you pumped up, but now there's a flip side. If you're happy with your position, be careful not to get comfortable there. But God, I sing in the choir. Well, maybe he's calling you to a different ministry. But God, but what? Your position is always second to your purpose. God is the one who assigns positions. In Acts 16, Paul had a plan. He had a position and he was going somewhere that even seemed godly. But the Holy Spirit stopped him and he went a different direction and he ended up finding his purpose in a different plan. Had he stuck with his position, he would have missed the real reason God called him to go. Do you know how many Christians will be set in their comfortable positions and miss their real purpose? This year, if God calls you out of the boat and the boat you're in is so comfortable, will you have the courage to say, Lord, I'll still go? Even if God says, go love those people, and you're like, those people? Yeah, those people. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Some of you tonight, right now, God may be asking you to leave some positions of comfort. And if you allow him to move, everything will fall into place. Some of you, God's calling you maybe to walk away from some people you've been with. And yeah, it might be lonely for a while, but nothing is worth not walking with him. And when you get there with him, everything is there for you beyond your imagination. And you're like, why did I even worry about all this other stuff? It's called being a spirit-led Christian. Your progress may not look like the world wants it to look, but God's plan is always better. See, when you're spirit-led, you're in the same position. You see it differently. Um, sort of like, let's see, you watch a movie with a friend and you hated it and they loved it. Well, it's kind of like if you're in a worship service and you're like all into it and you look over at your friend and they're like got their hands in their pocket or check, checking Snapchat. Snapchat is like a church killer, man. But same position, different perspectives. Same position, different perspectives. We have to be spirit-led, not church-led, but if you're spirit-led, you'll go to church. Not pastor-led, but if you're spirit-led, you'll listen and follow your pastor. You need convictions to be spirit-led. See, ideas and feelings will come and go, but convictions are immovable. 
There are some things as a spirit-filled Christian that leaves no room for debate. We can't be wishy-washy about it. You need to know what you stand for and what you don't. What you will do and what you won't do. I wonder tonight if you're going to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. What do you believe? Because your generation has no idea what they believe. They have no idea what they stand for, so they just fall for anything that comes their way. They have no idea where to get worth, so they go from one famous thing to the next cultural trend, and they just fall over and over and over again. But the difference between you and them is you get back up. People have no idea what makes them happy. But if you have a conviction tonight about who Jesus is, about what you believe, then this world cannot move you. Temptation cannot move you. The only thing is the Spirit can lead you because your convictions will align you with Him. And I'm hurrying up, but I want to drop this on you. And I kind of thought, like, man, maybe if this was sort of explained to me when I was 12 or 14, maybe I would have rushed out earlier in my life and tried to reach somebody. But a conviction is based off a command. So there's no room for discussion. There are a lot of people who might have a conviction about something, but it's really an idea. And they'll have loopholes in their convictions. Like, guys will be like, I will stay sexually pure unless she's hot. Or, I will love people as long as they look like me. I will serve in this youth ministry of this church unless I get offended. This is what our generation thinks are convictions, but a conviction is a command from God that there is no negotiation. It's not a think tank. God said it so you believe it. Paul had some ideas about what he was going to do. He had a plan, but his plan changed. And even though it made him uncomfortable, he still went because he had convictions to listen to God over his plans. Your truest convictions will always rage against your feelings. Your truest convictions will always rage against your feelings. Conviction and comfort rarely hang out at the same party. Rarely. Your conviction keeps you in your purpose. Some of you have tonight have given up on your convictions. Go back to them. Go back to them tonight. Some of you are frustrated with where you are. Turn the page. Keep going. Don't stay stuck on the same page. That conviction that seems so small today might save your life tomorrow. Well, you say, well, why do I have to show up to church on time? Why, why do I have to come to youth service on time? Well, today it might be about you, but years down the road it might be about getting your kid to church on time or picking up someone else's kid for church on time. You don't know what, what the road holds. That, well, why do I have to turn the channel when, when there's something tempting on TV? I mean, I mean, nobody else is doing that. I can't control it. It just came on the TV. Well, maybe today 
It's just something on TV, but maybe years down the road you're married and you find yourself with someone other than your spouse and that what was on TV that tempted you has now turned into a real temptation with a real person, but that conviction that seemed so small back then has now saved you from getting jacked up. Staying conviction-led comes from being spirit-fed. John 14 says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things I've spoken to you. How can God remind you of things you do not know? You need to know your Bible, guys. You need to know your Bible. So when you get in those moments, God can bring to your memory the things that you know, the things that you've read. We have the most biblically illiterate generation. God can't stir up stuff that you hadn't put in. We're like, God won't do anything in me. God won't. What have you put in you? He can't stir up anything you haven't put in. And you ever did anything physical on an empty stomach? You know what the best thing about a road trip is? We've all took road trips the last three weeks. God help us. But the best thing about a road trip is stopping and getting junk food. Like you're on this boring stretch of highway and everybody wants to cut each other. And you're hungry. And then you stop at the store and you grab junk food that you, didn't even, that you don't even like. Like gummy worms and Twinkies. And you get back in the car and everybody loves everybody. And the trip is amazing. And when you get there... Everybody's still talking about that gas station that you stopped at. Because when you stop and you get fed, it reminds you of what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Some of us, if we would spend, we spend so much time on social media that if we gave up social media just a little bit to get into our Bible for just a little while, it's amazing of what would go in. And what goes in will always come out. I was cleaning out my wallet the other day, and I'm closing. Y'all can come. And I came across a couple of notes that uh, Whitney had gave me at the beginning of our relationship. And as I read through those notes, I started remembering some of the fun and, and crazy things we did in our relationship when we were dating. And, and, and I started remembering this stuff, and like, those new feelings started kind of coming back, you know? And um, I was just thinking, like, man, that was awesome, you know? And everything was just so awesome and great. And I was looking at how far we've come in such a short while and how much things have changed. But do you know sometimes the way to make forward process is to stop and go back and remember God's faithfulness in your life? You know what happens when you do that? You know what happens? It, it starts to fuel your spirit. That's who he is. That's why we, we don't worship God because he forgets who we are. We worship because we forget who he is sometimes. So sometimes you got to go back to go forward. you got to be reminded of what he did for you. If everyone can stand.
the convictions you hold will come down to the covenant that you trust. A contract, if we could all just come around the front just to close this weekend out. Adults, youth, this altar is open to everyone. Everyone at this altar, please, if you don't mind. You're going into a war zone. Going into a battle. But you're making progress. The convictions you hold will come down to the covenant that you trust. See, a contract is something that you sign that can be terminated due to behavior. But a covenant is something that God gives that is unconditional and is permanent forever. A lot of Christians still think that they're signing contracts with God like like I signed this contract and, and I do this God and you do that and if I mess up the contract is broken but listen God made a covenant with you it was Jesus on a cross and nothing no one can change that nothing can modify it when you are faithless he is faithful when you give up he keeps coming at you when you fall, he picks you up. This is not a contract. Some of you feel like you haven't lived up to your end of the contract. Look, I got news for you. You will never end up. You will never live up to his end of the contract. Never. So quit trying. Quit thinking that he's leaving you when you fall. His grace isn't a license to sin. Don't get me wrong. But quit thinking that he just doesn't care about you when you mess up you're making progress every time you get up you're making progress do you trust him tonight do you trust him tonight he said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you God never lied to anyone so why would he start with you you to understand that for every problem for every problem there's a promise for everything the enemy will throw at you tomorrow when you get there you will remember there's a promise everything in this world you will face God already won it he already fought it what you're going through there's a promise when you hurt there will be a promise for that. You will say one thing and God will say another. And you say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Well, guess what? I bet I do. In fact, I put about 10 of them on the board. Number one, you say, I can't figure it out. God says, I'll direct your steps. That's in Psalm 37, 23. You say, I'm too tired. God says, I'll give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. You say, it's impossible. He says, all things are possible. Luke 18, 27. You say, well, nobody loves me. God says, I love you. John three sixteen. I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. First John 1 and 9. It's not worth it, God. God says, it's going to be worth it. Romans 8 and 18. Well, I'm not smart enough. God says, I will give you wisdom. First 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. 
I'm not able. God says, I am able. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. God, I can't do it. God said, all things are possible. Philippians 4, 13. Where are you going to go from God's love? Nowhere. This is between you and God tonight. With hands lifted. With hands lifted. Don't hold back tonight. Get what you need before you leave here. Either you get it through a revelation, because if you don't, information will never matter. Some of us need to go back to the covenant that God loves me. Well, well, I'm from a history of divorce. You'll never have a stable family. You know what? You don't have no business telling me what God's purpose is for my life. He's chose me. He made a covenant with me. Even if this world is against me, my God is for me. And I will stand strong. I'll choose to live spirit-led. And I will hold on to my convictions. If you can link up with someone, if you can link up with someone tonight... And begin to pray one for another. One for another. One for another. Don't hold back. When it came to your life, He did not hold back for you. So why hold back for Him? He's fought it for you. He's fought it for you. He loves you. He loves you. Don't you give up. You've come too far. You've come too far to quit. He loves you. Young and old. Young and old. talking about purpose we talk about purpose for the young but you adults are here tonight and whether you like it or not you're a part of this youth you've supported them so let me tell you you think God let Abraham and Sarah have a child just so he could say old people can have children No. What he was telling you is you are never too old to be fruitful for the things of God. So if you need something tonight, it's open to you. It's open to you. Can we just worship him? Just worship him and link up with your neighbor. Don't leave here until you are encouraged. Don't leave here until you are encouraged. We love you. This church loves you. Keep making progress.